Uh, well, howdy. Happy to be here. Um, yeah, I, I came, I was here 10 years, 10 years ago-ish, which is crazy that I'm old enough to say 10 years now. Um, before 10 years ago, I'd be, I don't know, I just feel like I'm getting older, I guess. Um, so yeah, I'm from, I'm from Texas. Um, I, I went to Texas A&M University, um, and here I am. So um, I, last time I was here, I remember I, I got off of a, uh, um, I got off a flight and I came to a Wednesday night service and I sat right there in the front row, which apparently no one sits in that front row. Um, but I did. I sat right there because I only knew Pastor Dave and I was like, well, I'll sit as close as I can to him. And um, I just got off a flight and I was falling asleep and my arm was red afterwards because I was just sitting there pinching myself. I'm like, you're in the front row. Don't fall asleep. Don't fall asleep. Don't fall asleep. <laughs> Um, but no one's there, so you can't fall asleep on me. Um, so yeah, I'm from, I'm from Houston. So my parents did good news clubs. So I've been doing good news clubs my whole life. Um, I, I, I think I've had like over 10 years of experience with good news clubs because as soon as I was old enough to help, I would go, come back and help my parents. Um, from sixth grade, I would like lead puppet shows and do the songs. And, um, so I think I would know it's a great ministry and what they do. Um, so, uh, a little about me, uh, when I was, when I was young, when I was born, I was born with one kidney, um, and that doesn't seem super significant, but when I was in middle school, I was trying to go into military, and I wanted to do some sort of, um, Air Force military, something like that, because my family was military, and that was the direction I was going, but at the age of 14 or 15, I realized that, um, with one kidney, I couldn't get in, get, couldn't get into any branch of the military, um, whether that was, um, uh, Air Force, Coast Guard, anything. Um, they like, wouldn't let me in. So from the age of 15, I decided I wanted to go towards either being a pastor or being a missionary. Um, and since then, that's kind of what I've done. Um, I, going into high school, I started taking Spanish classes um, to like learn a different language. I started going on mission trips. I, I had the opportunity in high school even to go to uh, um, Mexico on several occasions, Costa Rica, Zimbabwe, um, and luckily my parents kind of got um, excited about it as well and got to take me to these places. So um, that was something that kind of directed me in that, in that way, in a way that God really changed my life. Um, and I, so in high school, I started going to Camp Arete. Um, I had this point where I was really excited about my faith and I really wanted to grow, but I didn't really know exactly how to make that my own. I, like, I would go to church on Sunday, go to church on Wednesday, and uh, in my mind, that was um, in my mind that was what I could do. Um, and I, going to Arete, they taught me that like my faith is like this is what it means to have faith. Like this is what it means to uh, uh, study your Bible and to make your faith your own and to share your faith. Um, so I would go to a camp Arete, and I'd get really excited and um, go out into the world. And uh, that's where I met Pastor. Pastor Dave, um, he was teaching one of the lessons. He told me to never date anyone. Um, and just kidding, that's not actually what he said. But he did save me from some awkward relationships. So, um, um, but he, and then he also mapped out my life to being a PhD pastor teacher uh, by the time I was 30, which um, slightly different direction I went. But it was super encouraging to have somebody actually see like, what I wanted to do and point me in that direction. And uh, so honestly, a huge reason to like, I guess even the ease of where I am now is through encouragement by him. So, um, so yeah, so this is uh, me and my wife. Um, 
Uh, I got married in November, the 12th of November, so a little over six months, but uh, still pretty recent. Um, we, uh, we actually met in, on our mission team in Peru, um, and then we started dating in secret, um, and uh, here we are. <laughs> so, um, uh, and then here's a picture of... Uh, Here's a picture of me and Pastor Dave. That was the only one I had from me in high school. Um, this was when he had, I think, two kids. Um, <laughs> and then here's me doing a good news club in Mexico um, with the, the colors and everything. So, um, so going into college, I started studying um, Spanish and Latin American studies, and I, I uh, went in with international studies, and the goal was to go into missions. And that's what I got to do. I did, was able to do a bunch of mission-related things in college. Um, I was involved in a campus ministry, which really impacted my life and kind of directed why I wanted to go into ministry, because I had all these people encouraging me in what I wanted to do. I had people like Pastor Dave and um, several people in my uh, campus ministry in college encourage me and say like, hey, make this faith your own, like go share with your friends, go share with fellow college students. And uh, I, yeah, that's what, that's what I did. I was encouraged and I wanted to do that for others. So um, my first year out of college, I went to uh, Trujillo, Peru with Crew. I'm sorry, <laughs> Trujillo, Peru with Crew. Um, which they, they changed the name because, you know, college students always got to be kept on their toes. They got to have the newest, coolest thing. But uh, um and for just ease of not saying crusade to people you're trying to reach. But, um, um, but yeah, so I went to Trujillo, Peru. Um, I was trying to go to North Africa, and that was where I thought, like, God wanted me to go. I was, like, I signed up on a team. I was getting ready to go there. And then I had this moment where I sat back, and I was feeling really anxious about the decision. I had my, different people in my life who were telling me different things and saying, um, I don't know if this is the right choice for you. Maybe you need to like think about it. And I sat back and I was like, I studied Spanish, Latin American studies, and I'm going to North Africa. I'm like, I don't even speak <laughs> Arabic, French, anything. So uh, I, I made a decision last minute to switch to Trujillo, Peru, which worked out great because I met my wife on that team. So um, everything happens for a reason. Uh, so this is, a, this is Trujillo. Um, it is... Um, it is a town, it's a desert town in Peru, which I bet many didn't know that there was a desert in Peru. Most people think Amazon, but I was on the coast and it was deserty, um, and the beach was pretty much a continuation of the desert into the water. It wasn't much of a beach, but uh, um, the spiritual climate of this place is a lot of people who claim to be Catholic, and I found that around the world. Um, I've been to several different countries, and I've been to um, North Africa, I've been to uh, Czech Republic, I've been to um, Mexico, Costa Rica, um, Trujillo, uh, the U.S., and I found across the board, whether it's um, in the Czech Republic, they claim to be agnostic, or I'm sorry, they claim to be atheist, and they say they're the most atheistic country in the world, and they're super proud about that, and they say that's what they believe. In Trujillo, they claim, claim to be Catholic, in uh, the U.S., they claim to be Christian, and, uh, and then in North Africa, they claim to be Islamic. Um, and then in every single country, I've talked to these kids, and what you actually find is if you start asking them questions, they're all agnostic, um, no matter like what country they're in. Um, they just follow the cultures of like, wherever they are, and like, you talk to them, and you ask them, and you're like, 
are, are you religious? And they're like, oh, yeah, I'm Catholic, soy católico. And you're like, oh, okay. So you're like, so do you like believe it or is it because of your family? And they're like, ah, it's kind of my family thing. I don't really personally believe it. And you're like, you're like okay, so do you believe in God? And they're like, they're like, do you believe in Jesus? And like, you ask them questions and they're like, well, I believe Jesus isn't God. He's the son of God. And I'm like, that's not even what the Catholic Church believes. Like, um, and, but you find that all over the world. You ask Islamic people, I'm like, why do you believe in Islam? And they're like, oh, tradition. It's like, that's what I believe. And you're like, you're like do you believe that he's God? And it's like, I don't know, maybe he is, maybe he's not, but that's what my parents believe. So I go to the mosque and even, even in Czech Republic where they claim to be atheists, you ask them questions and they're like, so do you believe in atheism? Why do you believe that you're atheists? And they're like, we're Czech, we believe in atheism. And you're like, why do you believe in atheism? It's like, do you, is there a God? And they're like, no, I don't know. Maybe there's a God. Maybe there's not a God. I'm like, then you're not atheist. You're agnostic. So it's all across the board. But here it was Catholic. You would ask them questions. And that was the big problem is they like thought they were like saved and they thought they were Christians because they were baptized in the church. And uh, really they didn't have a relationship with God at all. Um, and so it was even more than just like going in and trying to convert them from Catholicism. It was literally saying like, hey, you think you have a relationship with God and you think you're saved either way, but that's not how it works. Um, so we would go in and we would start these. Uh, these are my students. Um, there's a fun group of kids. Uh, uh, so the culture in this place is they were very timid and shy at first, but once you get to know them, they're like lifelong friends. Um, we went away for a weekend and they were like wishing us a farewell and like giving us hugs and stuff. We're like, we wouldn't have seen you anyways. Like we're gone three days. Um, but they were just like so caring. Um, but my goal in this place was to start these, um, um, something called missional communities. And we start like basically Bible studies in order to encourage people um, to go out and uh, share the gospel. So we, our goal is to get these students who are Christians, because there were really strong Christians in Trujillo, um, but to get them to go into their universities and share the gospel. Um, I don't know if you relate to this at all here, but uh, in Peru, it's really normal to want to like stay in your own lane. Um, and you work in your church, you go to church, you volunteer in your church, you help out at your church, but you don't go like talk to other people about your faith. Like, you might invite them to church, but, like, you're not getting involved in other people's lives. And our goal was to be like, no, like, your job as a Christian, you're in the places where, um, where like, they need you. Like, there's people on these universities, like, somebody, uh, some of my students at the university I worked at, I worked at the University of Upau, um, which is a long acronym for a Spanish name um, that I can't quite remember. It's like Universidad Privada of something. Um, but UPAL is what we called it. And they actually had somebody, like the students saw somebody jump from the top floor and like um, commit suicide because they're going through these like life experiences. And I'm like, these are the people that you're with in classes and you need to like minister to. Um, so my goal is to start these movements. Um, the university I was on, UPAL, um, this was my team. That's my wife, Erin. That was before we were dating, but I had a crush on her. I liked her from first week. It took her about eight months. Um, <laughs> we're together now. It worked out. Um, um, but this is on my university, um, Upal, and uh, we started, um, me and my co-leader, uh, Elise, who's the, the only blonde girl in that picture, uh, we, we started, and there was, we knew like two people who knew of what crew was on the university. Um, and that was it. And our goal was to start this community. And so we did evangelism every day um, for like, or like three days out of the week for like four to five hours of just, of just going on campus and sharing the gospel. Um, and we would try and like share the gospel, find Christians, meet with these people. And uh, it was, I mean, it was hard. I definitely learned how to like share my faith and share what that means to 
um, to people and then also learning Spanish and figuring out how to do it there. Um, and uh, we, we got to a point where we started a community like this um, where we would come together, we'd study the Bible, we'd sing songs, and, uh, and then we would share the gospel and we'd have, like, encourage the leaders to lead as well. Um, and so I tried all year to get this to happen. I tried from the beginning of the year, we would find people who were somewhat interested. I think we ended up getting four or five people who were interested in what we were doing, and they would get, give ideas and give these stories, and we'd be like, yes, this is going to happen. And then we would go, and then um, uh, these are the leaders I would actually meet with. This is one of the meetings. All of these guys, they would say like, yes, I'm all in. I'm all about it. And then you'd show up, and no one would show up to the meetings that they just planned. And you're like, I was like, I don't know how to get this, this uh, community to start. So finally, the end of the year, COVID started. Um, I, I was actually in Peru when COVID started. Um, I, I was heading, a, I was actually in the mountains of Peru, and I lived on the coast. We went on a trip. Um, and the day before COVID started, um, the, the lady who uh, was, like, running the hostel, I, we hear, like, a knock on her door, and she, like, came up. She's like, hey, the president just announced that he's going to close all travel in the country starting tomorrow, so if you want to get back to your hometown, or, like, get back to Trujillo, you need to leave right now. Um, so I'm, like, a mile and a half in the sky in elevation, and so I take off, and I'm, I'm like, running through the streets, and uh, the three people who were with me were, like, packing the bags and stuff. I'm just people on my team. Um, and uh, I get to the bus station, and I'm starting to, uh, I'm trying to, like, um, pay for a ticket. And there's a huge line of people. I got there second because I ran. Um, and everyone else, like, piled in behind me. And we're all trying to get out of the, get out of the city. And uh, this poor lady behind the desk is, like, just, like, stress panicked and, uh, the uh, the system crashes and they send like a half empty bus like away from Trujillo and I was like oh my gosh I'm like they're literally like closing the borders and like what they said was like two and a half weeks but we later learned it was two and a half months of like no travel um, or more maybe um, probably about two and a half months but I um, I was like we started walking away and we're like gosh we're like I don't know how the heck we're gonna like get home and. Uh, um, so I, I, as we were walking, I think somebody, I think maybe Aaron, um, my wife mentioned like, let's like, let's just try other places, like try different, um, um, bus stops and see like if there's another bus line. And cause you don't, you only ride the nice buses cause sketchy buses sometimes fell off the mountain. Um, so you only, you only go in the nice buses. Um, but then I was walking back and I was like, I've never heard of this bus line before. Um, but I'm like, let's try it. And I like walked in and I was like, do you have a bus for going to Trujillo? And they're like, yeah, it's leaving right now. And they like stopped. There's no one in this place. And they like stopped the bus. We paid the ticket. We got on this thing. And it was the nicest bus I've ever seen in my life. It was a, I mean, it was a double decker bus and we got, and we sat in the seat and it laid 180 degrees. Um, like the seats like laid all the way back. And, uh, and they, we each had an individual screen on our TVs or you could play movies. And then uh, I was like, what is this button here? And I pressed it and it was a massage chair. And I was like, I, I mean, it wasn't super comfortable. It was probably, made, I, actually the seats were made for people who were like 5'4". Um, so I kind of had to curl up a little bit. But, uh, but I was like, I was like, what are, like, this is like where God is like, don't worry, I'm taking care of you. Like, don't doubt. Like, it was one of the moments where I was like, all right, God's real. He's, uh, if, he, if I had doubts before, um, he's showing off. But um, anyways, COVID happened. And uh, during COVID, the lockdown was intense. Um, I don't know how it was here, but it was intense in Peru. We actually had a quarantine starting at 4 p.m. So we had to be in the house. And uh, the police had permission to beat you up if you were outside of the house, um, which is just... I don't know. It's 
It's like you're not going to spread COVID, but we might beat you to death. Um, um, so people were, yeah, anyways. Um, so we were like locked in the house, and uh, like there was a point where I was only leaving the house like three times a week, um, which is just crazy. But during this time, um, back to Upau and starting a community there, um, Eliana, the girl in green um, up front, um, she was one of our like key students, and I finally just, I'd honestly kind of given up on a. Uh, given up on my university and are kind of like on ideas of what to do. And I asked her, I was like, hey, do you have, Eliana, do you have any ideas on how to lead um, this university? Like, I, I don't know what to, like, I'm, I don't know. I didn't tell her I was tapped, but that was about where I was at. And uh, she was like, yeah, I think I might have some, some ideas. And she's like, I'm going to plan a meeting. I'm like, all right, you do that. And she planned a meeting, and I was like, all right, maybe, maybe this will happen. So I sat through this whole meeting. They talked for two hours about nothing, no plans, no anything. Um, they just talked, and they talked, and they talked, and they were like, how's your life? How's your family? And I was like, this is great. But I'm like, can we get down to, like, practicals of what we need to do? And, I was, and then they finished the meeting, and, like, they all had to leave. And I was like, well, I tried. And, uh, but then I kept getting notifications on my phone, and what they did was they started, like, planning this meeting um, all like online, like talking to each other. And they started from that meeting of um, them talking about nothing. They like planned this entire like sheet of who is leading that what and who is doing this. And they started a community that ended up lasting like three years. I think it's still like, um, like con- it might still be continuing, but um, I, and I was just like, that was where I was like, I had to do it the Peruvian way and not the American way. Like, I had to, like, truly, like, let them, like, talk about absolutely nothing to, like, my American head. I'm like, no, we need points. We need action points. Like, how are we going to do this? Like, you're in charge of this. You be here. And I had to, like, release my hands and then watch, like, them do it their way and then God take control and say, like, you got to do it this my way, I guess. So um, these are some of the times where I was just sharing. Um, This is one of the guys I, like, mentored and led. Um, so, um, the year after, um, the year after Peru, um, I, I actually, this is crazy. I was in Peru. I was stuck in Peru. They wouldn't let me leave the country. Actually, I had to take a U.S. embassy flight out of the country, um, due to COVID. They shut the whole place down. Like you couldn't like travel in, couldn't travel out really. Um, so I took a U.S. embassy flight out, um, which is funny because they loaded us all into buses and I was like, this is so much worse than like, like. Like, we had face shields on and masks, but then we were all packed together, like, sitting next to each other. I'm like, this isn't helping COVID at all. But, um, uh, but they loaded us out, and then um, I ended up in Puerto Rico for my next year, but we were digitally working in Lima, Peru. Um, so we were physically in Puerto Rico, digitally working in Lima, Peru, because we were trying to get back in the country. Um, and uh, these are all, I was the only person who was coming back from Peru. Um, everyone else, like, had to, went to other places, but I was the only one returning um, to Peru, so we uh, for the next year we uh, we led digital ministry of um, in Peru. Like in Peru, we would lead uh, Instagram ads, and we would ask people find Christians based on just searching. And um, you can do a lot of stuff on Facebook. Slightly creepy, but it's for the gospel. Um, we would uh, we type in our chat like, uh, or we type in the message. Uh, like Christian names or Christian artists, and we would find people in the universities, and our goal was to lead missional communities that way. So these are some of the communities we started. Um, uh, cool thing with Crew Peru, um, during COVID, it was cool to see that people um, got connected from Mexico all the way to Peru in the same community. And, like, we didn't do that. That was the way that God just kind of, um, he had to reboot um, the church in order to update it. 
Um, so while everyone was suffering, I was like, I can still see God moving because like, there's literally like people who would never have been connected who are like in the same Bible study now. Um, so very cool. Um, and then this is just me and my team in uh, Puerto Rico. Um, and so, yeah. So now um, after Puerto Rico, I felt led to uh, come to the States. And um, I was really kind of anxious about it, honestly, about coming to the States. And I was like, I've always wanted to go to Latin America, but um, I, was, I was seriously dating my wife. And uh, I was honestly wanted to learn more about the structure of how ministry is led. And uh, I was really nervous that I was going to come to the States and I was going to feel like I wasn't doing enough ministry. Um, but that's kind of opposite of the case. I've, since coming to, to the U.S., I feel like I've done more ministry and been able to like, do more, more of an impact here than I even was in um, Latin America because we're in a place where um, I was meeting a lot of Christians in Peru and I, I mean also a lot of unbelievers. Um, but then coming here, it's just a whole other culture of uh, like even there they would even say like we're culturally like Catholic, but here it's like you find people and they say... Um, they're like anti-Christian and like uh, into this new age kind of feel. Um, so since then, I've been working at um, the University of North Carolina. Um, it is a beautiful university. Um, they are proud of their school. Um, they're proud of their basketball. Michael Jordan came from UNC. Um, I don't know anything about sports, so I pretend a lot um, at UNC. I was a swimmer. And that's it. So if you want to talk swimmers that happened in 2015, I can talk about that. But aside from that, I uh, don't know anything about sports. But um, we're a Michael Jordan school, um, and it's a beautiful university. They are, they're hardworking, they're double majored, they're creative, they're intelligent, but they think that they're too smart for God. Um, and and that's, that's what they believe. They believe that, like, they're so like intelligent that they think that what we believe is um, foolish, um, and or even that just like from past hurts from the church and like what they've learned um, from like things like the Crusades, like they'll go all the way back and quote things, which is honestly just reasons not to believe. Um, they're just justifying themselves, um, which is like one reason why we're crew, so that we're not like perpetuating that. Um, but they believe that like they don't need God. They think that they're so smart that like God doesn't exist. They don't need Him. He's not. Um, it's an antiquated religion. The Bible's changed. All the things that people might doubt. Um, and so I, I read. I, I taught a message um, at one of our crew movements, and I, I read this, and I, I think it's really true. It's in First Corinthians one. Um, Um, and verses 18 through uh, 24, um, and it says, uh, For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has God not made foolishness the world of wisdom, made the foolish? Has God not made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God, God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For indeed, Jews ask for signs and Greeks search for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified to Jews, a stumbling block, and to Gentiles, foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. 
um, because the foolishness of God is is wiser than man, and the weakness of God is stronger than man. Um, and that's kind of, that's so true at this university. Um, I, I went through a whole thing of how um, to Jews, if Jews it's a stumbling block and the Greeks it's wisdom, that's just where our, I think this is at, happening at UNC, but I think it happens all over um, the place. And I think it happens like here as well, um, where to a stumbling block is uh, they don't want to believe in Christ because it impacts their life. It's what um, they would have to change, like what they, how they act, what they believe, um, their convictions. Um, and then foolishness is uh, just like the fact that they're, ex- they're accepting to all. And I'm, I'm generalizing here because obviously this isn't like every single person's um, thoughts. But uh, um, the thought there, in general, people are accepting for everyone. They're like, I accept, I accept everyone how they are, everyone's own truth. Um, unless you contradict my truth, and then I'm against you. Um, so like it, or even if our truths contradict, that's totally fine. Like you have your truth, I have my truth. But then if you say that your truth needs to be my truth, and that those conflict, then like I'm against it. Which is Christianity, because we say like there is one truth. It's not my truth. It's not your truth. It's not our truth. It's not the church's truth. It's like Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Um, and that, that's so much more objective than everyone picking their own truth. Like, we say, like, we don't have the truth. Like, Jesus has the truth, and we're just following it. Um, and that's, that's why I'm here on this university. Um, I'm here to, like, be that voice of saying, like, in a, in a university that um, says that they don't need God, I'm, in, I'm here to be that voice of saying, um, <laughs> yes, you do. Um, and so I do that through many means. Um, I do that through... Uh, um, I do that through, uh, let's see, I have pictures. Um, I lead a, we have a large group meeting on campus. Um, so these are um, like pretty much 80% of the students I work with. Um, and uh, in this large group meeting, we, uh, that's once a week on Thursdays at 7.30. So if you want to be praying at that time, we uh, gather all the students in our movement together and we'll um, sing songs, play a game, teach the Bible and teach the word. And it's a place to encourage them, build them up, encourage them in community, and then also to invite other people in um, and hopefully get them to learn about Jesus as well. Um, so I do it through, through this. This is probably the thing I'm most involved with. Um, and I also, uh, I disciple uh, four or five, or I disciple five senior guys now. That's actually new. It was three last year. Um, but I just mentor them. I re- meet with them weekly, read the Bible with them, ask them about their life, um, ask them about um, just, I mean, things that college students struggle with and like going into the world of what do you want to do with your life? Like, are you sharing with your um, neighbors? And the cool thing, actually, every single one of these guys um, leads a Bible study. They're all Bible study leaders like together. Um, they lead a freshman Bible study. And uh, so I'm, I'm mentoring to people who are mentoring to others. Um, and uh, that's, the, I mean, that's the goal of crew. We're not necessarily to like, I go out and I teach the gospel to a thousand people because, I mean, that's impossible. Jesus had 12 people that he really poured into and then he taught those 11 um, <laughs> to actually like go out and to go to the nations. And that was how he like did it. And then out of those 12, 11, um, he ended up having three that were like key core, like solace transfiguration um, 
prayed with him, Peter, John, um, I'm forgetting the last one, I'm not going to try and quote it, embarrass myself, but uh, uh, he taught them to go out and um, like, like more than the rest, and um, so that's the goal is to like teach our student leaders to go out and do the ministry. Um, so the, I, I also go through, um, I help coach Bible study leaders, um, and I uh, do evangelism. This is actually in Peru, but you don't get many photos in evangelism. It's not like you're like, hey, let me share the gospel with you. <laughs> so um, one of my students actually was like, hey, let's take a picture. And I was like, all right, so this is the only one I have. Um, but um, this was a game or kind of a game we would play with cards where we would ask people questions about their life. Um, and uh, you can like ask some questions, uh, like pick cards that best represent um, your your life right now, your life in the past, your life in the future, what you want your life to be like, and who is God, like based on the cards. And um, it's kind of a cool tool. Um, and then uh, last, I also work at Sand Hills Community College, um, which is like extremely different from UNC. Um, it's uh, UNC of, is liberal, new age, um, uh, and they're all double majors, and Sandhills Community College is all from, um, they're all more country and um, kind, and um, I don't know, they all come, a lot of their parents are at like a fort in Fayetteville, so it's just a whole different environment, but um, I love working at this, um, this college as well. Um, so that's kind of what I do on campus, is uh, my goal is to encourage these leaders. Um, I've gotten to go on a couple of cool trips um, while I'm here, uh, while I've been working at UNC. Um, my most encouraging one, uh, this past March, I went to, um, I went to New York City, um, and a lot of these people are the same people who helped me with large group. Um, and I, so my personal mission goal, and I've wanted this since, um, since college, is I want to encourage people to grow in their faith, and I want to encourage them to know Jesus more, whether they, um, whether they know Jesus or whether they don't know Jesus, my goal is to encourage them in their faith, to grow stronger in their faith and encourage them to know Jesus more. This came from back when I was in high, in high school and I didn't have that big of a youth group and I didn't need somebody yelling at me and saying like, you're doing a horrible job, you need to be doing better and like um, beating the pulpit at me. I need someone to step alongside me like Pastor Dave and say like, hey, I know you have a good heart, I want you to do better. And uh, that's what my goal is with these students um, and so I was super excited to like encourage them in an actual mission setting. So in New York City, we went and uh, we would teach them how to share the gospel. And it wasn't like, uh, all right, so remember this next time you meet someone. It was like, no, all right, now we're going to go on a campus and we're going to actually share the gospel. And so these guys were really thrown in the fire, which I loved. And uh, I, saw, um, I saw my student, Ryan, um, who's actually not in this picture. Um, he's, in, he's off on the side, um, like he's on the boat with me, but... Um, and this is just a ferry in New York. Um, but this guy, we were on a university and we were sharing with a guy. And this guy was sharing about how he, um, he was having a hard time in his life. He was lonely. He went to college and he was trying to find himself. And um, he was just like kind of depressed. We were talking to this guy. And I saw my student Ryan share with this guy about his own personal testimony and things in his life that he had not even told me yet, and I don't even know if he'd really told people, but about the death in his family. And, um, and I saw him share with this student, and I was so encouraged, like encouraged, like almost moved to tears, because one, this student was shared the gospel and shared that someone loves him. Um, like we love him, me and Ryan, and then also 
God loves him and he doesn't have to be alone. And we got to share with this student, but what honestly brought me most to tears, almost to tears, uh, was seeing, I had to take some deep breaths, um, seeing this student um, pour out his heart. And like, although this student might go away and think like, think more about Jesus, this student's life is like now changed. Like the student that I work with and like he's going to go back to his university and he's going to lead people, um, talk to his friends, lead Bible studies. He actually, this student is now, um, and I think he like decided right around that time, but he now leads the large group movement that I'm like in charge of. He's like our key student. And uh, just seeing that is like why I do what I do. And just seeing people, how I can encourage these students who uh, could be walking a different path to like follow God with uh, their whole lives is just why I do what I do. Um, During that trip, we also had a girl who shared the gospel on the first day, and uh, someone came to Christ, and she was the rest of the trip, and and now even was talking about how, um, how like, that was such an impactful moment. Now she might want to go into ministry full-time, and uh, how she, like, became way more serious about her faith, and just uh, seeing moments like that is... um, why I mean I love what I do and I love the flexibility I love college students and I, I just really do love um, doing ministry in this way um, and this is a sign we made for a large group and my parents came and visited um, I was briefly trying out a mustache until I realized I couldn't grow one um, um, but uh, so um, to do what I do I have different um, people who like support my ministry and uh, pray for my ministry and even give financially. So if any of y'all are, in, um, and I'm not going to stand here and like try and pump y'all, but uh, um, if anyone would be encouraged or would like to jump on my prayer letter, I send out a monthly, um, bi-monthly um, newsletter that just kind of shares more about my ministry and what I do. Um, come talk to me afterwards. Um, I would love to get your email and put you on that. Um, and if anyone would like to learn more about supporting my ministry, I just have different churches and individuals who actually support my ministry and uh, um, financially through what I do. So if anyone would be incur- would like to join that, um, I would love to talk to you. Um, but I also have these, uh, um, if you talk to me afterwards, um, in Texas I started handing these out and I didn't know why the magnets were in this weird shape, but hopefully in Connecticut y'all know that there's other uh, states out there. Um, um, Texas only thinks Texas. Um, <laughs> But uh, this is the state of North Carolina. Um, I have these magnets that are just pray for JT. Um, so come talk to me and I'll give you a magnet. Um, but yeah, so uh, that's, a, that's more about me. Um, and that's really what I have for the first um, session. I'm excited to share more about um, the word and share about um, evangelism in uh, the, next pa- the next session. So um, yeah. Yeah. Show us something about methods, like we just did the fair ministry, use the survey thing. You and I talked before about some methods. What, what, what do you have in terms of your experiences? That's a great question. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, like a specific like time that I've shared, or a specific way. Okay. Yeah, I will, but I can share um, more specifically um, this hour. Um, 
I think, I think there's many methods that you can share um, your faith. And I've learned this over the time of... Uh, I've learned this over the time here. I think... Okay, I have, I have two thoughts on that. Um, I think there's many ways you can share your faith. Um, and I've... I've learned how to, like... I've learned many different methods. I think that, um, and I'll go into this next message, message. I think the best way is um, listening and asking questions. Um, and the more you ask questions to people is uh, the more, like, if we're the only correct view and we're the only view that, like, actually makes sense um, and every other view as a contradiction or as a flaw at some point, if you ask people questions and you can get them to get to that point, um, that's the best way to make them think about, like, do I actually believe in, uh, like, what I believe? Like, um, if you're talking to somebody who's, I mean, atheist is honestly, in my opinion, the easiest one to get to. Um, I, like, I'd much rather talk to an atheist than an agnostic um, because an, an agnostic is like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know. And, like, you're like, I don't know how to talk to you. Um, <laughs> it's like, because there's not a real true opinion there. But uh, um, an atheist, you're talking to them and you ask them uh, like, okay, where did it all come from? Like, that's, that's like the one question you need. And like, you can come up with all these apologetics of A plus B equals C and C plus, I don't know, logic th- things. But really the main point is like, okay, let's say, every, let's say you're right. Let's say evolution happened. Let's say all of this happens. Like you step all the way back to the original point. It's like um, the laws of physics is like with every motion, like you need to have um, something to like set it in motion for it to happen. Like things don't just get set into motion. I'm like, let's say it goes all the way back to the Big Bang, the particle. I'm like, let's say that's what how the world is created. I don't really care if that's what you believe. Like, like if you believe evolution to the key, like we came from monkeys. I don't really care as long as like you believe that Jesus like created like was the one designing it and that was who we need to put our faith in. Like, I don't personally believe that, but I don't care. But um, if you get all the way back to the particle, it's like how did it start? Like, there's a particle floating in the air. What started it? And, like, you have to you ask that question. It's like, well, I believe God started it. Like, if that's what you believe. Like, I'm like, I believe God had to be the one to say, like, let there be light. And there was light. Um, and so, like, I think asking questions is the best way. Um, so I ask, um, I ask questions to a couple of different ways. Um, I have these... Uh, I will talk about this the second hour, but um, I'm not going to go into specifics as much. So, um, I have these cards that uh, I use that just ask simple questions, and so it's kind of a game that I use. Um, and I'll lay these cards out on the table, so uh, they just like look like colorful cards. And I'll say like, "Hey, um, I'm uh, like, hey, I'm JT. I'm with a campus ministry, or I'm with a campus gr- student group on campus, and." I'm just going around asking people spiritual questions. Um, and I'm like, do you mind if I ask you uh, a couple questions? I just have some cards. You pick one. And uh, most of the time people are like, yeah, sure. What the heck? I can't, I'm not doing anything. I was staring at my phone. Um, and then I'll sit down. And I'll lay the cards out in front of them. And I'll say like, um, all right, like who do you, the first one is, the first couple of cards is uh, who do you think God is? Like what's the nature of God? And it asks, um, is God polytheistic? Is he agnostic? Is he pantheistic, monotheistic, atheism? Um, like, who do you think God is? And I sit there and I listen to them and they answer their questions. And then um, the next question I ask is uh, the nature of man. Like, who do you think, uh, like, what do you think man is? Is he good? Is he bad? Um, is man neutral? Is he perfect? Um, 
Um, and you ask these questions. And then uh, the next one is the purpose of life. Um, like, what do you think the purpose of life is? Um, is it to get to the afterlife, or is it um, to overcome, live for others, live for self, live for God, love and peace, there is none, um, descendants, um, like, is our goal just to have babies? Is that why we're on this earth? Um, and the other is spiritual truth. Um, like, where do you get your spiritual truth from? Um, is it through hard evidence, reason? Um, the truth is relative. And the last one is, who is Jesus? Like, who do, is he is who he says he is? Is he creator and savior? Is he a great spiritual leader? Is he a liar? Is he a lunatic? Is he a revolutionary? So I sit there and I ask them all these questions, and they sit and talk to me forever, um, and then I don't say anything. I like for they tell me, they talk to me, and I sit there and like listen to them tell these questions. And then after they've shared with me, then I'll say like, um, and then I'll look and I'll say like, uh, like, like that's great. Thank you so much for sharing. I'm like, um, and then I might even ask, I might even ask more questions and be like, I chose that you said that you find your spiritual truth from reason, and you said the truth is relative. I'd like to ask about that point because that contradicts. Um, and, uh, but I'll like ask questions. I'll be like, well, do you mind if I share my point? And, uh, they'll be like, they're like, yeah, I mean, you just heard me talk for like 30 minutes and then I'll like sit down and I'll like actually put out my gospel or out like what we believe and say, I'm like, oh, okay. So I would have chose this card cause blah, 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 and I like share the gospel with these cards. So that's one method I use. Um, what's kind of cool about them is, uh, they're different colors. Um, you got gold, dark, red, kind of like a tannish white, and then a green, which I don't know if y'all, if y'all did Good News Club. Those are the Good News Club colors, um, which it's not purposely like this, but I can kind of use it in that way. Um, and it's kind of cool to like teach from that method. Um, I think one thing I've learned through ministry, um, and I'll just compare two passages real fast. Um, if I'm, I have the mic. I was going to ask if that's okay, but I can, y'all don't have to, I don't have to do that. Um, um, and Matthew... The Great Commission, Matthew 28, um, 18 through 20, it says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to deserve all that, I've, all that I commanded you, and, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Um, and I think that a lot of people think this passage, and they're like, they're like, like, this is the Great Commission. This is what we have to do. And I mean, it's true passage. It's a great passage, great written. Um, but I like, I like to also compare it with um, uh, Psalm 46, um, which is a very different passage. Um, but in Psalm 46, um, the whole passage leading up to it, um, the whole beginning of the passage talks about how um, God is our strength. Um, the earth should change, but we shouldn't fear. Um, like God is like in, in the midst of... Uh, in the places of the Most High, in the midst of her, she will not be moved. Like, God is in control of the earth. Um, and then it goes down in verse 10. It says, um, Cease striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold, Selah. And uh, I, on first read, you're like, why, why are you reading these together? Um, but they kind of parallel in a different way. Um, like he, like in, in the Great Commission, he says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. And in the Psalms, he talks about how he has been, God is in control of the earth. 
Um, he br- causes the bow to break. Like he's in charge of all peoples. And then in, in the Great Commission, it says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. But then in Psalms, it says, stop striving and know that I am God. I will make myself exalted among all nations. Um, and so that's direct contrast. One's like, go, and the other one's like, sit. Um, and then notice it ends, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. And the Lord of the hosts is with us. And they both parallel. So like, what do, you, what do we learn from that? Should we not go? No, we're, we're still commanded to go. But like in going, like if we're just going out and doing ministry and like going out and sharing with our neighbors and teaching, like that is not, um, like that, that, that's ultimately like meaningless. Like our, it's God who's doing this. It's not us. It's God who's sharing the gospel. It's God who's going to change hearts. I can go out and share the gospel with hundreds of people and nothing would happen because it's the Holy Spirit that like changes hearts and minds. Um, and people who are going out to the utmost ends of the earth and trying to share, which also like, look where we are. We're in the utmost end of the earth compared to Israel. Um, like, and they're going out and they're doing this, like they all have to do it through God because ultimately God is the one who like changes hearts and minds. So when I'm sharing with someone, when you share with someone, when you share with your neighbor, if you share with your friend, your family member, your loved one, your kids, um, you have to know and trust that God is the one who says like, I will be exalted among the nations and it's ultimately through God. So um, I, do I have more time? I can keep coming up with stories. I can... I'm out of time? Okay. Good, because I was out of stuff. So um, <laughs> um, let me end in prayer. Um, and don't forget, if you, if you come talk to me in the break, and I'd love to like, talk to you and meet you. Um, so God, thank you so much for this time, and I pray that, uh, um, that this can be encouraging to people. And uh, what you've done through in my life and through my life, I pray that... Um, other people might be encouraged by it. Um, God, I thank you for, um, I thank you that you are the one who will be exalted among all nations, and I thank you that um, your Holy Spirit is in us all to keep us encouraged and to keep us growing and uh, to help us do ministry, God. And I thank you for your power, your strength, and your Son who you sent here to die for our sins so that we even have a reason to go out, God. And Lord, I thank you for all these things. In Christ's name, amen.